0: edition because whenever we can bring you the good listener extra value we're going to and today we're going to talk about decision precision vision and this is going to blow your mind we've got a great guest we couldn't wait to get her on the air so we're going live without even a prior announcement and how did this come about well that all came through jesse who met this wonderful guest, and was so impressed. Jesse, tell us about our guest today.
1: Yeah, thank you. Well, I'd like to introduce Lieutenant Colonel retired Vanessa Calloway and um, I'm, I'm I want to just read through her bio here. Um, I met Vanessa at a women's event that I was speaking at in Texas uh, for military women. And you know she got up, and I was just blown away. Um, she's a retired U.S. Army military intelligence office or officer. Sorry, um, she served 26 years and ultimately achieved the rank of lieutenant colonel. Woo! And her military service has included both the stateside. As well as other countries. And you have served in a couple tours and received a Medal of Honor and recognition, including
2: the Bronze Star Medal. Well, I want to correct that, not the Medal of Honor. That is one of the most prestigious awards that you can receive in the world. So, so. my bad. (laughs) Yes, wanted to make that correction, Chaplain, but please continue. Thank you so much. Yes um
1: so so I was so excited we met at this women's event and got to sit next to each other and share our stories and I was like I said I was just so blown away when you got up to speak um there were so many women great women up there talking about you know their time of service and then what they were doing now and you know kind of the bulk of the conference was about, you know, family, serving God, family, our country, and you got up there, and you were just bringing your faith, bringing your service, and I was sitting there like, yes, bring it, don't stop (laughs) talking, you know, so I'd love to talk about those things today. Um, You know, it's, you don't get to hear a lot of military individuals who openly talk about their faith, or you know, you just have such a vibrant um, passion for the Lord as well as for serving your country. So if you wouldn't mind, if you would just share a little bit about that, how did you um, come to the Lord?
2: Well, first off, Chaplain Jesse, I like calling you Chaplain Jesse, if that's okay. <laughs> And Jeff, I just want to start by thanking you so much for allowing me to be on your wonderful show. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me and to my family. Um, also, I want to give all honor, all glory, and all praise to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who's truly the head of my life. And Chaplain, to answer your question about how it all started for me and my faith, I grew up here in Victoria, Texas, and my mom is a very strong woman. We grew up in a single parent home. However, we had a heavenly father, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. She made sure that we went to church on Sundays, which included Sunday school. And it was there, I don't quite remember the age, I just know I was very young when I decided to accept Jesus Christ into my heart and to be my savior. Went on from there also at a young age and got baptized. Uh, I have Baptist roots right here in Victoria, Texas. So I have been redeemed and I'm so, so happy about that. And I try to tell as many people as possible about that. But that's where it started for me as a young child right here in Victoria, Texas, getting saved and getting baptized and just continuing to grow in the Lord.
1: That's amazing. And when did... um How did you get interested in in getting involved with the military and serving our country?
2: Uh, That's a really good question, Chaplain Jesse. I Like I said, we had limited means. And while I was in high school, I started to contemplate, I really love my country and I really want to do something productive with my life. And I knew that college education was gonna be a part of that uh, desire to be productive in life. However, it was very difficult to come up with the resources in order to get that college education. Mm -hmm. And I was working two jobs in high school and I had a job in the mall and there was a guy that joined the Marines. And he would sometimes talk about being a Marine because he was a reservist. So he only had to report once a month. And that's really where the seed was planted. I thought, oh, I can serve my country, love my country, and work on getting what I needed in order to get that college degree. So that's really where the seed was planted. It was me seeing my friend while I was working in the mall, him going into the Marines. And you know what? The rest is history.
1: <laughs> right. And you, if you wouldn't mind sharing, share some of how you brought your faith and your beliefs into. Um, your time in military service.
2: Yes. I am so blessed that I was saved before I joined the military. What I mean by that is every decision I made, I'm certainly not perfect. I have been saved by grace. Um, I've done things in my life that I wish I had not done. So I'm certainly not trying to present myself as a perfect person, but knowing whose I was in Christ as I entered into the military, that caused me to have certain values, to have certain standards. In other words, I tried to be on time. I tried to be in the right uniform. I tried to respect my leadership because I wanted to please God because he blessed me with the opportunity to serve in the United States Army. And I offer that to individuals and professions out there Our first real person, if you are a believer, that you should want to please is God, because he's who the one that blessed you with that job or with that position. And so that was a part of my mindset. I did not want to disappoint God. And I wanted to be able to show people that if as a Christian this is how Christians perform professionally. This is how Christians do things. Because you really are, once you step out there and you say you're a believer, you're saved, people are watching you and they want to learn, well, how does this Christian handle stress? How does this Christian handle that 25K ruck march? How does this Christian handle when you're getting yelled at or when you're tired or when you're struggling with you know, weapons qualification? Do they throw the weapon down? Do they start using expletives? No, we don't. So, I really tried to perform during my military career with that in mind that I did not want to displease God. And, you know, I'm the one that was blessed with putting that kind of pressure on myself because I gained favor with God and with man. And as a result of that kind of discipline, I was recognized for that professionally.
0: You know, Vanessa, you mentioned that uh, whenever you were making these decisions in the field and things like that, there's a scrutiny on you because you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Are there any other religions or faiths that had the same scrutiny as a Christian?
2: Well, you know, I really can't speak for the other religions out there. I can definitely speak for Christianity because, as you know, with Christianity, one of our tenants, if you will, is that God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And other things like we are not supposed to live by our flesh. We're supposed to live by the spirit that lives within us. We have 10 commandments. We're supposed to love God more than anything. We're not supposed to take his name in vain. We're not supposed to have any idols. We're supposed to remember the Sabbath day honor our mother and father, not be murderers. We're not supposed to cheat on our spouses. We're not supposed to bear false witness. We're not supposed to covet and not supposed to steal. And so my Christianity really was enough for me. I didn't need to rely on any other theology or religions out there. Once I got a taste, the, you know, the Lord says, oh, taste and see. Once I got that, that was enough for me. So I can't, necessarily speak for the other faiths, but I do know that I encourage people to have that relationship with something that is greater than you are, to have that that special thing out there that for me is the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: So I guess what the root of the question was, is right now, you know, the Christian faith is really the only one that can be persecuted in public, you know, <laughs> so and, it seems. And, and so I was just wondering if, if you felt that same sort of thing, because, you know, people are always looking for a Christian to mess up where, mm-hmm. you know, if you profess another faith, people just don't seem to care as much. And, mm-hmm. you know, I guess that really just points towards we have the real God, you know, Absolutely. at the end of the day.
2: Yes, I was blessed because during my tenure in the military, I started off as an enlisted soldier, a private in 1987, and then went on through there and didn't retire until 2013. And so during that window, Christians weren't necessarily um, persecuted, if you will, not like now. So I really can't say that I felt any type of discrimination or any type of pressure because of my faith, other than to have been looked at in terms of, wow, how does she handle this stress? But it certainly wasn't, oh, we don't want her around because she's a Christian. It was more so, hey, let's see how the Christian performs this particular task. So now we really have to pray for the Christians that are currently serving in our military. They're under unbelievable stress. And if any of them are listening, I say, hold on. Do not let anyone push you out of your beloved core, your beloved service. You just hang on and understand that the Bible says when you're persecuted for God, it really is a blessing. So just hang on. Study the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which still talks about discrimination. And remember, we do have a First Amendment right. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, nor of the free exercise thereof. And so that is what we have to remind our military members. No, you hang in there. Mm -hmm. This is a time to get stronger in the Lord. We don't run. Christians don't run. And Americans don't run. Stand your ground. Do so in a in a god fearing manner but do not run
0: that's yeah. right we don't back down we only go forward
2: that's right only okay. go forward only yes, go sir. forward
0: and you only yes, plan sir. plan a defense when you're planning an offense to back it up
2: yeah you you said it brother that's it <clears throat> so
0: so this is a great segue because you talked about your decision making you talked yes. about the different things and what your guiding principles are and and obviously you know your book that you have out now you, you, your claim is you substantiate everything with scripture. But I yes, just, sir. I love the title, decision, precision, vision. I'm all yes, about I'll... all three of those things. And uh both Jesse and I are both authors. And uh, I'm a little bit more on that side of things with you are than you know. Just Jesse's a bit more ministry. I'm, I'm a bit more business and stewardship focused. Mm. But I love this stuff.
2: Tell us about the book. Yes, sir. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. I have to take you back to, I believe it was 2008. I was doing well in the military, hard charging. However, I started to have difficulty with my heart. And so I'd wake up in the morning and I would feel dizzy. And my husband is the one that said, you need to get this checked out. So I went in, got it checked out. And lo and behold, I had to have heart surgery, open heart surgery to correct a mitral valve that had gotten weak. Well, by then I had two sons. And I thought to myself, what can I do in case I don't make it through this surgery? How can I leave some guidance, some wisdom to my son? So I started writing. It was really a love letter. And the love letter was, now I had faith. Now you have to, I have faith. I believe that God was going to pull me through. And that's what we're supposed to do. Step out on faith and let God take care of the rest. So in the natural, I still wanted to be prepared. So I started writing a love letter to my sons about decision-making. And so I just kept working on it and working on it. I came through the surgery, fine, no issues, and still managed to stay in the military. That's the real blessing. Mm -hmm. So I continued working on it even after surgery and it became a manuscript. And so the whole book, which I I happen to have right here, (laughs) is actually, it's dedicated to my two sons. And in it, I am giving them wisdom based on what the word of God says about making their decisions in a step-by-step deliberate manner, all for the ultimate purpose, precisely to glorify God with a life that's well-lived. And that ultimately, that's where the vision part of it comes in. We have to envision our lives from an abundant life standpoint, and then you want to make precise decisions that lead you to that vision, which is ultimately all about glorifying God. That's how that really began.
0: If you don't plan, you don't plan to fail. If you don't have a vision, you're never going to get there, right? If you don't look at the map, you're going to make the wrong turns. But Jesse, that is probably the best story about the foundation of a book that I have ever heard in my life. Honestly, you, a love letter to your children and it came yes. out in this way, you know, it's not just a prosperity teaching or this is really something that you put your heart into because it's a love letter to your children. That that is absolutely the best I've heard.
2: Yes. And can I read you my dedication to my sons? real Absolutely. quick okay yep. here's the the dedication for my my son's names eric and edward eric is now 22 years old and he attends Sam Houston state university and edward is 15 years old he is a sophomore in high school but this is the dedication uh, are you
0: going to embarrass them by doing this
2: <laughs> probably <laughs>
0: Okay, because otherwise I'm going to work on some jokes while you're reading it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but this is like two seconds. Okay, it says, dedication. To my sons, Eric and Edward, life is like a painting. God provides you with paint and a paintbrush. Therefore, glorify God. Paint a masterpiece. Hmm. That's the dedication thank you That's
1: powerful yeah and I love to your focus on you know abundant life yes. it's really something that I have to say in the majority of the churches I've been in you know you hear about we're supposed to have this new life in Christ we're supposed to you know have this uh, abundant life but I, I think the true meaning of that abundance has been lost and yes. I really feel like you nailed it that you know, what is abundant life, but that we are living every moment, making every decision so that it brings God glory as well as encouraging every person walking with us, you know, to live to the full potential of, you know, that glory they can give to God. And there is no higher calling
2: than that. Yes, ma'am. Exactly. I'm so glad that you are seeing that. Uh, in in what I'm trying to convey. And that is my ministry. Christian decision-making is my ministry. And I try to remind people that I'm not promising you a rose garden. I'm not saying that the abundant life equals materialism. It doesn't. What I really mean by the abundant life is even when you are met with dire circumstances, abundant life means that you still have peace, love, joy, in the midst of any storm, that's really what I mean by the abundant life. And you're going to make decisions even in that storm, ultimately, like I'm explaining, that will glorify God, which does what? It will draw men into you. For example, I went through the heart surgery and we didn't know. We flew in the family. They flew me to uh, Cleveland Clinic for the surgery. And that was a a center of excellence. My heart, it was a really complex situation. So I was at Fort Bliss. Fort Bliss didn't even have the expertise to do it. So this is all God in his favor. So they flew me to Cleveland. And so I brought in my mom, my brothers, my sister, everyone, because we were kind of preparing for the worst. Uh, However, like I explained, hey, guys, I win either way either I'm going to wake up with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, or I'm going to wake up with you guys. I win either way. So me being able to demonstrate love of life and the abundant life, I think it gave them a sense of reassurance and peace and being calm. And you know what? That drew people into me like, wow, so this Christian can weather this storm in this manner and be this calm. But I'm also a prayer warrior, my unit back at Fort Bliss. I had an entire prayer team that I had built up over the weeks, even before I was gonna knew this, even before I knew I would need them. We were friends, we went to Bible study once a week and then there I was and I had to have the surgery. Well, as soon as they made the first incision, they wanted to know the exact time and they started launching up prayers. We're (laughs) talking prayer warriors. And so it was, and then that also drew people in. My unit was thinking, oh, wow, Vanessa's going through this. And then when I finally got back to the unit, I was restored. God blessed me. It was almost as if he was saying, you weathered the storm. Now I'm going to bless you. And so we just had a great and even stronger relationship. And then soldiers would come to me with their problems. We would pray about it. And I'm, I didn't like going through it, so I don't want to send that message, but I thank God that I did because I was able to strengthen not only myself and my family, but even those around me. It was an opportunity to witness is really what I'm saying. Absolutely.
1: Would you share briefly about your ministry and how people can get connected with
2: that? Oh, yes. Well, what I do now, I do a lot of speaking engagements at churches. For example, I'll be doing a marriage seminar here in Victoria, Texas. That will be uh, August the 13th and 14th. And I do have a Facebook page that's dedicated to decision, precision, vision. And so if someone if you just put that in in Facebook, I will pop up. I'm also on YouTube, um, if you put in Vanessa Hicks Calloway, Decision, Precision, Vision, things will pop up. I have a site that's called, uh, on YouTube, a channel called Flowing Presence, and a lot of my videos my, where I've had the opportunity to speak about God and country, and even some political stuff is in there too, I do admit, <laughs> but that's on the channel called Flowing Presence, And so those are just some of the ways. And also, as far as my ministry for decision making, if I'm able to speak, I normally do not turn down a speaking engagement because I love being a witness for what the Lord has done for me. And so the marriage seminar is coming up. I've been married for 24 years and I will be married 25 years in December. So God has just blessed me and it hasn't been perfect, but if I can share with someone on how to strengthen their marriage through better decision-making, I do that also. And I also have a link out there through this thing called Gig Salad. That's G-I-G-S-A-L-A-D, Gig Salad, where if someone wants an inspirational motivational speaker, you go to that website and you put in my name, Vanessa Hicks Calloway. And then this basically a menu of the types of speaking engagements that I will do pop up. And then someone can bring me into their organization. I've done a few uh, church events through that venue. So the, the Lord has blessed me and I try hard to share my gift And it's a most, 90% of what I do is absolutely free. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. if someone is out there, they want me to speak. I did a youth conference a few days ago and the kids just loved it. And I was able to talk to them about decision, precision, vision. Whereas in life, we have certain phases of life and certain decisions need to be made by certain phases. And the kids just ate it up. Mm
1: -hmm. So
2: hopefully that answers that question. There are a number of ways Uh, to reach out to me. And you guys feel free to give out my contact information so I can share the Lord. That's just fine too. So Vanessa,
0: give us some value that comes out of your book. Give us a couple tips that that Mm -hmm. our listeners can put into action in their lives right now.
2: Okay. Right now they need to go to John 10, 10, where it states that I have come so that you may have life and have life more abundantly. And then the second part to that talks about how the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So that's really the foundation of decision precision vision. Because if you don't get precise, you are making yourself vulnerable to what I call the three-headed dragon, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So there is an incentive in there to borrow some of these principles. So it starts there. Then the next piece is, I believe you have to get on what the Bible says is the narrow, enter in through the narrow gate, Mm -hmm. precise. So when you talk about military strikes, military strikes in the 21st century were very precise, very, very precise. And so God talks about the narrow gate. So you're now on the narrow gate. And the very first step in my decision-making process, once you have accepted abundant life, narrow path, The first one is discernment. Mm -hmm. And the way that we gain discernment is by, I think, developing a stronger relationship with the word of God, the Holy Spirit, and by fellowshipping with other believers. Like we are all believers. This is a form of fellowshipping. And even the listeners out there get in a church fellowship with other believers. It's going to increase your discernment. And basically what discernment is, it's when you get that feeling that, no, the Holy Spirit either wants me to do this or the Holy Spirit does not want me to do this. It's something that is developed through your experience with the word and with fellowshipping with other believers. So that's step one. The next step And it all spells out the word decision, by the way. I'm a type A personality. So you have the D, the E, the C, I, S, I, O, N. All of those are steps in the process. So I'll go through it very briefly. I know you guys have a limited amount of time. So you start with discernment. The next step is to envision. God says that we perish for lack of vision and lack of knowledge. And so you have to see that end state. I like to use the metaphor of a bouquet of flowers. A bouquet represents decisions well made over a long life, or you can have a lot of dead shrubbery and dead flowers. So you want to envision a bouquet life, something that will glorify God. So that's to envision. The next one is to consider consequences. Every decision we make, especially if it's outside of the abundant life narrow path that God ordains, you're going to have problems. So you consider that as a consequence of something bad happening by the three-headed dragon, steal, kill, destroy, when you step outside of being precise. The next one is the eye. it's information. We live in the 21st century at the press of a few keystrokes on a computer we have access to broad amounts of information, which will help us with our decision-making. If you wanna be a teacher, you can research it. You can look at all of the different aspects of being a teacher, if you want, or a nurse or a doctor. The next one is the uh, S, where you consider the seasons of life. So you have the D, decision, D, discernment, E, envision, the other C, consider the consequences. And now we're at the I for information. And now we're at the S and the word decision, which is the seasons of life. I believe life is in four phases. And that's the season. You have the spring, the summer, the fall and the winter. And so we all have a responsibility to use those phases to prepare for the final phase, which, if God blesses us with long life, is the winter phase. And some people dread the winter phase. I don't because I am preparing where I'll have the I've already getting the silver hair where I will be an older person just sitting around sharing wisdom. That's the winter phase. And so you make certain precise decisions along the way. The next, there's another I in there, which is to ignore distractions. There have been so many people that have wanted to do something. Oh, I wanna write a book. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, I wanna go to Europe. Well, you can't do that. You have to ignore those distractions and you have to listen to the Holy Spirit and not allow yourself to be distracted, especially by that three-headed dragon who only wants to deceive
0: and most of the time the distractions the people who tell you you can't are the closest people to you.
2: That's right. Yes, Jeff, you're absolutely right. And then so and then we were at an O. O is to be obedient. I talked about the 10 commandments earlier. If you could just follow I tell my sons, if you could live a life where you use the 10 commandments as your parameters, you will live a really good life. There is so much in that. That When they started to remove the Ten Commandments from courthouses, et cetera, I thought, what a huge mistake that is. Yeah. People need that, whether from a secular perspective or from a Christian theological perspective. Those are common sense <laughs> values that people should try to live by. So be obedient to the word of God. And then the last one, the N in the word decision for my decision making process is to never quit. Once you lock on, for for example, there have been Christians that have been in mega churches, young people, that suddenly decide, oh, I'm no longer a Christian. What? Really? No. (laughs) Lock on. You've entered in through the narrow gate. You're living by those parameters. You do not look back. You do not quit. Once you make that decision where you have used my process, that means that you have flushed it all out. Do not sway from that. And so that is, you know, that process. And then I have symbols for each one. The D, I have the dove. The E is the eagle. The C is the cross. The I is the is the um I, ivy ivy from the ivy from the vine. And then the S is the sword, which is the word of God. Mm. The other I is iron. We have to be like iron clad when we make our decisions once you lock on. The other O is the olive branch. Remember the dove flew in with the sign of peace with the olive branch. And then the N represents the nail. The nail is what they drove through the feet of Christ and through his hands and his suffering that he went through. And so it's like we owe our savior. We owe him for what he went through to live the abundant life that my book tries to set conditions for.
0: And the abundant life really is a thing about the heart. You know, there's yes, a, there's a lot of Christians think, well, you know, the, the rich guy had to give up his riches. Well, you don't know how he gained his riches. First of mm-hmm. all, it could mm-hmm. be blood money. Uh, it could have been yeah. controlling his heart or whatever. I believe we are called to actually, and it's not all about money, but I'll tell you something. If you have more money, if you have more assets, if you have different things in life, people want what you have Yes, and they're more willing to listen to you yes you know so the but listen not everyone can uh, can handle money that's that's also a truth money yes, can ruined a lot of people so you have to see where your heart is and you have to be able to steward it of course uh in different things but this is wonderful so the book's name is decision precision vision vanessa where can they buy the book
2: it's actually available on amazon so the, the book can be ordered. Yes, it is available on Amazon. Um, I got with a really good publisher, Harrison House Publishing, uh, and it was we worked together on the publishing. She allowed to do a self-publishing mm-hmm. slash Harrison House. So I thank God for Harrison House. So it can be ordered through Harrison House Publishing, San Antonio, Texas, or you can go to Amazon and you can purchase the book that way as well.
0: And that's wonderful. And when you purchase from Amazon, you know, it's going to show up right away. (laughs) Final question for Vanessa.
1: I don't have any, this has been absolutely amazing and I'm excited. I, you know, a lot of our audience have been really working on stewardship and life things and there's nothing better you could add to that stewardship than abundant living. So this has been amazing, Vanessa. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. You're very welcome. I really appreciate this. And I, I'm very interested in your show, Chaplain. I'm so happy that you linked me to this and I would love to get the link to this show if you all could send yeah, it to I me. I would share send it. That to you. Oh, yeah. thank you. Because I want my family and my friends to get turned on to your show. So thank you so much.
0: Yeah. And please tell them to like, subscribe, and share.
2: <laughs> okay. Like, subscribe, and share. I no. will do that, Jeff.
0: Well, listen... <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel Vanessa Hicks Calloway, what a pleasure to have you on today. Your spirit really comes through. Uh, You shine through this. I love everything that you've said. I'm going to encourage our people to look you up on YouTube, to follow you as well. Go check out her book on Amazon. She says she does most things for free, but let's face it, she probably lives in a house and might need it to sell a book or two so you know please do support her if this has been inspired inspiring to you i i really love the decision making process it resides in my heart so i do encourage you to go look at that so listen i want to thank you for listening to right on radio remember love your god love your family love your neighbor and make a difference in your community
2: that's right <laughs> thank you jeff thank you cap Chaplin yes thank you you're welcome
0: right on right on right on right on
2: radio right on